Uh, as the people of God, we look back on the faithfulness of God over this past year. And God wants us to celebrate. He wants us to enjoy what he's done. He's moving among us. In fact, we might even call this movement a revival. And there's been a revival of our spirit, of our heart, as God is moving through us. Uh, people in this little hamlet, this little uh, quirky village, as I heard it described, Wimberley, is starting to talk about what God is doing at First Baptist Church. And it's not because you have a new pastor. And it's not because we have a new God. But God has given us a fresh wind and a fresh fire. And he's moving among us. And, um, and, and I want us to, to concur that we're going to give God the glory for how he's moving in and forward through us. That we're not going to take the credit we're, we're going to accept what God is doing, and we're going to celebrate. We're going to look back in faith and say, yea, God, you have been faithful. First Baptist Wimberley is one of the fastest growing churches in North America tonight. Tonight. And it's all for Jesus. It's not for us. Now, we're not going to call Outreach Magazine to tell them that, because they, they have these kind of things. And and I've been a part of those kind of things. And that's just all dust. Who cares? But what matters is that people are coming. So I want to ask you this question. Who are we and what are we doing here? Who are we and what are we doing here? As we approach our 134th anniversary, I really want us to take an honest answer to that question. And I'd like to propose that I answer that question tonight for us. Who are we? We are a building lives church. We are a building lives church. And as a building lives church, we are Christ-centered, all for Jesus. We are Holy Spirit-empowered, and we are missionally focused, focused on the great commandment and the great commission to lead the great cause of the church. From the humble beginnings at Jacob's Well, this church has blossomed into a regional church that's influential, not just in this valley, but it's echoing now through the corridors of the state. And I would dare say that God is going to give us a ministry that echoes beyond the state into a bolder world. Jesus is becoming famous because God is working through his body. So with all that said, I want to answer the next question. What are we doing here? We exist to build lives that honor God through connecting people with Christ and each other by growing into Christ's likeness. I asked you a question this morning. I don't know if you caught it. Are you studying Jesus? Or are you becoming like Jesus? Biblical knowledge without application is trivial. But biblical knowledge applied to our lives is transformational. Transformational. We grow to be like Christ. We serve God by serving others. Every one of you is a minister and every one of you should be in ministry. What does that look like? I'm not sure. God has shaped you, and we are going as a staff to be equipping you to find your place in ministry, to find your place in ministry, and to serve God by serving others. We, we are people who contagiously share the love of God in word and deed, locally and globally. We ask the question about benevolence. I see a day where we have a peace center on our church campus that's providing for people not only who have medical needs, who have financial needs, who have educational needs, who have family struggles, who have addiction struggles, and who need someone just to love them. I see a day. We are those people. 
And all of this is a life that brings God glory. The compelling of God, call of God is for us to build people, to build lives, to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples, and that drives every decision. If you go into my office, you'll see written across the top of the whiteboard, it says everything we do, everything we say is to become more like Christ. And that is the driving force of who we are. Recently, I was reading Jeremiah chapter, chapter three and, and, and chapter four. And I sensed God was asking me to frame my comments tonight around this passage of this text. And this is Jeremiah 3, 21 through 22. And I think the, the passage is on front of you. Voices are heard high on the windswept mountains. Or actually, actually, I could say voices are heard on the hill country of Texas. The weeping and pleading of Israel's people. For they have chosen crooked paths, crooked paths and have forgotten the Lord their God. My wayward children, says the Lord, come back to me and I will heal your wayward hearts. Yes, we are coming, the people reply, for you are the Lord our God. And y'all, there's a great cry in Texas. The people around us, they're weeping. And God said, come home, come home. But they have to have a place and a people to come home to. We are that church. We must be a people who are willing to respond to the need. We are living in a vast, unchurched region. Best statistics say to me that in a 30-mile radius, it's 85% unchurched. 85% of your neighbors and your friends are going to a devil's hell. That's unacceptable. God is asking us to be different. God is asking us to call to the broken and not to our comfort and not to the already convinced. I said to Wyatt as he was sharing these statistics and Wyatt alluded to that, that we are not growing, we're swelling. We're swelling. We're seeing believers come. And that's awesome. And God is always impregnating his body for spiritual growth by the revitalization of Christians who live all for Jesus. He's moving in our hearts. When I went to First Alliance Church in Canada, a church of about 13, 1400, I told them, I said, in this church are more mature believers than I've ever experienced. God is setting you up for an evangelistic explosion. And over the next five years, we averaged 1,200 people a year coming to Christ. May that be our story. Because God is preparing us to live beyond ourselves. This morning, I talked to you out of Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. And I'm not going to reread that. But literally, that's who we are as a Building Lives Church. We must hear the cries of people who need Christ. And we must respond to the Christ, to their cries. We are the church of the living God. We are not a business. We're not an organization. We are the family of God. We are the body of Christ. Some of you were in the first service this morning. How many were in the first service? Raise your hand. How many of you were in the second service? Raise your hand. I shared with the second service what I experienced with you in the first service as I held the bread and I broke it, that Jesus says, this is my body, 
which I've given to you to pastor. And it shook me to the core. And I went home this afternoon and wrestled with that. You need a better pastor. But I'm all you got. And I'm looking forward to how God wants to grow me in these days ahead. We must hear their cry. We must unstop our ears. We must open our eyes. We must enlarge our hearts and break the grip of selfishness in our lives. But we must expand our reach. Expand our reach globally and locally. Why in the world would we add a third service? There's nothing but aggravation to that. It means I got to preach three times a weekend. That means our staff is going to surrender a Saturday night. Why in the world would we do that? Because people matter to God. If we have to do eight services, let's go. Let's go. And whoever said amen, you're going to be on the preaching team. Steve, that was you. I know your voice. Yeah, I know your voice. This passage I'm about to read to you was used by God to motivate a guy named William Carey who launched the modern Mission Day movement. Enlarge your house, build an addition. Spread out your house and spare no expense, for you soon will be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations in resettled, ruined cities. Do not be surprised if in the near future I stand before you and say, folks, we got to have another building. Don't be surprised. Now, as a leader, I'd rather take a beating than build a building. If we have to talk, start five or six or seven other services before we build a building, I'm good with that. But here's the deal, y'all. We're running out of space for kids. And you adults, I'll just suck it up. We can meet anyway. But we're running out of place for kids. We're running out of place for students. Tara and I have a passion to start a ministry called Marriage Matters. It's a six to eight week study on strengthening families. And I know we need it bad, but I do not have a place to do it because we don't have space. We don't have space. We have to enlarge our place, but we have to more importantly, enlarge our vision and enlarge our passion and enlarge our capacity and enlarge our hearts. I'm going to chase a rabbit just quickly. Far too long, the church has surrendered its right and its power to lead change to the parachurch organizations. It's time for this church, this local church, to become the tip of the spear and other parachurch organizations join us in the redemptive movement of God, not us funding them. But it's going to take courage on our part. We have to respond to the call. That passage of Jeremiah says, we are coming. We are coming. You see, God is always calling us to, self, calling us to himself. We are a Christ-centered church. It's the vision of God that will define us. I want to go over these things real quickly, and there'll be slides here for you. But I, want you to, I don't want us to camp out on this, but I want you to hear my heart on this. We wrote the game plan, and, and I love that, but I said the game plan is, is, is just too broad. So I spent some time, and 
And I wrote these things. We will say yes to God. We will be people who dare to follow his leadership regardless of the cost. We will be a people of prayer and faith. And you see passages that complement that. We'll create an intentional environment and systems where people can come to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. We'll all be all about reaching people. This afternoon, Tara and I talked about developing a systematic plan for new believers. So when people come to Christ, they're probably not going to walk an aisle. But you know what? They may walk back there and pick up a new believer's packet and have a conversation with someone. And we're going to build that. And my precious wife has volunteered to lead that ministry. And now I'm going public with it. So she's on the hook. (laughs) We'll provide dynamic weekend worship gatherings for all ages. What we're already doing. These gatherings will be relevant and excellent using the arts to touch the heart with teaching that is biblical leading to God honoring life change. We are going to continue to ratchet up the intentionality and the passion and the excellence of our weekend gatherings. Why? Because when lost people come, they're looking for an excuse not to come back. And we're going to take away those excuses. And that includes children and students when we talk about all ages. We'll be a church of groups for all ages and genders and life stages. These gatherings will be a primary place of care, spiritual growth, evangelism, and life change. Tom said that he had a vision that our groups turn outwardly focused and invite people into your homes. You invite them to come eat, they will come, and then you can introduce them to Jesus. It's exactly what Matthew did as the tax collector. We will build leaders who build disciples who in turn build other disciples. We will launch and maintain an intentional disciple process assuring our leaders in the future our leaders and future leaders are trained in disciple making. And that is already in process. We'll create an environment and system for every member to minister according to their God-given shape. There's people in this church who've been involved with churches in Houston who are doing this in a huge way and they've agreed to help us do that here. Yea, God, we'll create a leadership engine to equip leaders to lead well through time-honored biblical concepts modeled after the servant leadership style of Jesus Christ. This leadership engine will be leaders for FBCW and the body of Christ will invest in the next generation, equipping them to serve in the now and the next. Some of you did not know that in the second service, we had four high school kids serving communion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, because these kids need to learn to serve. And this section over here where these teenagers sit is getting fuller and fuller and fuller. You're the teenagers over there tonight, so you're welcome. Yeah, it's getting fuller and fuller as God is moving in the lives of our teenagers. We will join God in a church planning and church restoration movement by being a teaching, research, and resourcing church. We'll be risk takers in exploring new and innovative ways to expand our reach locally and globally. We'll be intentionally engaged in bringing God's love to Wimberley, Texas, North America, and the world through prayer, projects, and giving of our resources. This effort will be a direct relationship with the SBC and other like-minded churches. We will function as a family by having fun, believing the best, guarding unity, and structuring according to relationships and purpose. We'll be a people in place of help and healing and hope for individuals and families. We'll create a core curriculum, spiritual pathway, And we've already created this, y'all, that allows people to develop Christ-like maturity by equipping them to connect, grow, serve, and share the love of God in word and deed, strengthen their families, live out biblical stewardship, and develop their leadership gifts. 
Why in the world do you think I wrote a stewardship devotional for the last seven weeks of this, of this year? Because I want your money. I don't want your money. Jesus don't want your money. He wants your heart. Where your heart is, your treasure will follow. Treasure will follow. I look forward to the first of every month when Tara and I get to give to this family. I look forward to it. Because what a joy. Because I've been in a place where I had nothing, but I still had Jesus. And he is enough. Some of y'all are going to get excited about this. We'll pay off our debt. We'll pay off our debt. We'll expand our current campus, creating an environment for building lives of preschoolers, children, and students. We'll give our very best in all we do and and we will leverage, also leverage technology as we pursue the vision detail above for the glory of God. Y'all, we're in the process of developing a church app so at one touch you can have Pastor Scott anytime you want it. <laughs> Leveraging, hallelujah, I know. You're going to be able to sleep at last. You just plug him in and off to sleep you go. This is a call to risk our comfort, our resources, all for Jesus. And the people responded, we are coming. You know, God grows the church, but we're responsible for the church health. So what is our path? We are an attractional missional model. We're on mission, and we want to attract people to see Jesus. We will bring people in. We will build them up. We will train them for it. We'll send them out for the glory of God. Who are we and what are we doing here? We are Christ-centered Holy Spirit-empowered, missionally focused, building lives church, all for Jesus. And I love you guys. And I am so looking forward to what God does in and for and through us in this next year.